discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Oh, Father, we give you glory. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who instructs us and leads us in every single situation of our lives. Thank you, Father, for grace beyond measure. Receive your words with gladness and with meekness. Thank you that these words come to catapult us to the next level of our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you that every single individual hearing and watching will be blessed and increased on every sphere of their lives, even in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you that great, great, precious seeds are sown in our hearts today. Seeds that will develop to become great trees to your glory and to your praise. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me take your seats in heavenly place. I want to welcome our brothers who are watching us in various locations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I also want to welcome those of you who are here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are you? We are wow. I'm also doing very well. Are you, are you ready for the word of God? I have some few things to share with you. Hallelujah. You know, when you're reading Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1, and in Micah chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2, let's look at the one in Micah, Micah 4, 1 and 2. But in the last days, say in the last days, but in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord, of the house of of the Lord, shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow unto it hallelujah Hallelujah. look at the next verse it says and many nations shall come and say come and let us go up to the mountain of the lord and to the house of the god of jacob and he will teach us of his ways he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths for the lord shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord shall be exalted. It shall be exalted above. It shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow unto it. You see, the world in which we are living is moving. We are in the last days actually. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit, you know, came upon the 120 disciples in the upper room. A lot of people, the nations gathered, and they said that these people are drunk. Then Peter stood up, filled with the Holy Spirit, and said that we are not drunk. It's just 9 a.m. in the morning. We cannot be, we are not, we are not like that. We are not drunk. But what you are seeing is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, the Lord shall pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And he spoke. So the last days began from that day. Which is 
about 2,000 years ago. Okay? 2033 will be 2,000, exactly 2,000 years since Jesus passed on or went into glory. Some people are expecting something remarkable to happen in 2033 because they are believing that Jesus will come during that time. Because that was when the church was born and all that. I mean, all kinds of things. Those who study the Bible, they're theologians, hallelujah. They are very powerful people. But the last days began, so we are actually living on the fringes of the last days. Okay, we are living on the fringes of the last days. And he's trying to let you know what will be most important or what is most... Just yesterday, I was being told about a man who has worked for 40 years for a certain company. 40 long years. And all he was able to gather after the 40 years was a small house and a small car. After 40 long years, he gave his life, his time, his strength, his energy, his days to that company. And all he could gather after 40 long years was one small house and one small car. I mean, the car is small. I've seen it before. It's very small. You know, we are made to believe that, you know, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Like, life... Is you know, just go to school, get a good job, marry, have your children, look after them to go to school, go on pension and die, and go away. But that is not how it's supposed to be. You are not to give your strength and your life to the world only. There are things you need to do in the world. You can't run away from it. That is the normal life. I mean, it's normal. Everybody knows it. But there's an extraordinary life. There's an extra normal life that has been given to us for us to live. And that is living in the kingdom of God. And he's letting you know that giving your life and your time and your energy to the house of God will actually bring you a lot of benefit. This is because that particular place, the gates of the, of the house of the Lord, the house of the Lord shall be, a, it will be on top of all the mountains that you can think about. It shall be exalted above all the things that you can think about. It, it is going to be the most important because all, the, all those who aligned themselves with the gospel years ago, okay, are the ones who have, who have become something now. It's like the economy does not even affect them in any way. It's true. It's true. No, check. Depend on history sometimes. Your foolishness as a child or as a young person will be kept and cured through history. Because the problem of young people is that they don't have experience. Yeah, they don't have experience. You don't have ex- we don't know a lot of things. But the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. What has been is what shall be. Do you understand? There's nothing new under the sun. All that is happening today has happened before. Everything. There's nothing new. So check. There are some people who gave their lives and their strength and their energies to certain houses and to certain gates in, the, in this world. And there's not really any of them up anyway. I mean, you don't, you don't really see what has happened to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But all those who decided to give their life and their heart and believe the word of God and believe the house of God and build the house of God have become something over the years. Now, you may say that, oh, some of them didn't become anything. Well, if you are only looking at this world, you will say that. But if you look at the next world, if we get into the next world, you'll be surprised. Yeah. You know, the evangelicals never believed in prosperity. 
by faith. They love God. You understand what I'm saying? They love God. They believe in God. They did the work of God, but they never believed in prosperity by faith. They never, they never thought it. They never spoke about it. That is why most of them were very, were highly challenged physically speaking in terms of material blessings. They were, they were really challenged. But there was another, there was another group that believed it. And believe in the, in the fact that if you work for the Lord, you will prosper. You were entitled to prosper and made demands on it. And it happened for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talk about the Kenneth Copeland and the Kenneth Higgins. Kenneth Higgins fight as of 1999. Fight in a year was more than $64 million. Fight. Not the money he gets. This is the fight. The 10th of what he gets in a year was more than $64 million. One man, it's not the church, this is him personally. Yeah. These are the people we know, physically speaking. There are others that we don't know that have done so well. They've done, they've prospered, they've increased, they become wonderful, they have a wonderful family, they have, everything is intact because they serve God. If you believe in it, you'll be surprised. God will honor you. God is not, God is not, let me show you a scripture. Go to Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45. Let's look up from verse, from verse 12. This is God talking. He says, I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands have stretched out the heavens and all their hosts have I commanded. I have raised man up in righteousness. And I will direct all his ways. Then he says, Man shall build my city, and he shall let go my captives. By building my city, he lets go my captives. Not for price nor reward, say the Lord of hosts. Verse 14. That's the other Lord. The labor of Egypt, and merchandise of Ethiopia, and of the Sabians, men of stature, shall come over unto thee. This is what he says, As you build my house, and as you set the captive street, this is what will happen to you. The labor of Egypt and the merchandise of Ethiopia and of the Sabians, men of Stata, shall come over unto thee. They shall, and they shall be thine. Are you seeing the word of God? They shall come after thee in chains. They shall come over and they shall fall down to thee. They shall make supplication unto thee saying, surely God is in thee and there's none else. There's no God. Hallelujah. This is your story in Jesus' name. As you build a city, it is I'll let Egypt, the labor of Egypt, and merchandise of Ethiopia and of the Sabians, men of stature, they shall all come unto the end, they shall be thine. So get ready for some extraordinary prosperity. You are entitled to it. You are entitled to it. Believe it, okay? Believe it. Recently, we were in a certain conference, and the man of God was talking about. Uh, the evangelicals. That's why. That's what I'm picking this thing from. He said that. Oh, they didn't really. They didn't really believe in it. They didn't believe in some super. That supernatural supply of God. That comes as a result of you serving God. So they've given reason for people not to serve God, for people to talk against God, like you have in Malachi chapter three. From verse 13, it says, they have spoken, your words have been stopped against me. You have spoken against me. And you are asking what you have said against me. You have said that any, all those who serve God do not have any profit. People said that because the, some people gave that impression. 
Some years ago, they would say, as poor as a church mouse. Have you ever heard that statement before? As poor as a church mouse. Because it was like the church was supposed to be poor. But that is not how God, is, God, God, God wants his house to be. He says, my house will be exalted above all the houses. In other words, if you tie yourself to my house, you will go to the top. The way to the top is by tying your life to the house of God. You will go higher and do bigger things by virtue of your association with the house of God. Do you understand? Yeah. So don't let anybody deceive you. This, this is prophecy. It's God speaking. It's God speaking. He says, my house shall be exalted above all the houses. Above all the mountains. Mine will be established on top of all the mountains. So get ready for some extraordinary, dangerous, wild... I mean, wild things. I believe in that. I believe that whatever you start must get to the, to the, to the, to the world stage. It has to get there. You are entitled to it. It is your destiny. He told Abraham that kings shall come out of your loins. Kings shall come out of your loins. And you are one of those kings. Abraham's prosperity was not heavenly oriented. It was earthly oriented. It's not a joke. It was earthly. It had everything to do with the earth. God told him, I've given, I've willed the whole earth to you. Since everything that comes out of you be great. Also, God told Abraham, and you are the seed of Abraham. So you have to be great. But you have to be great. You have to be great, literally. Do you understand? So push those thoughts out of your mind. Those thoughts of, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't know if something good is going to happen. Something good is going to happen for me. Plenty good things are going to happen for me. As you say that, you are putting your faith to work. It's faith that pleases God. And God will answer your, your prayers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The mount of the Lord's house. Attach yourself to it. Okay? And you will never lack anything. You will never lack anything. You always go forward. You always do well. Check the world in which we are living now. There's nothing working. Recently, I was talking about how that uh, immigration, Ghana immigration, sold 86,400, is it 84,600, 84,600 forms, immigration forms. When they knew they were going to employ only 500, only 500 people out of the 84,600 that they were selling, you didn't sell 84,000. <laughs> You get like just you've added 600 to it, like 84. And they are going to employ only 500, they know what they are going to do. And even the 500 they are going to employ, there are so many of them that have been employed already. So, what are they doing? They are taking money from you. They got over 30 million Ghana cities from young people. Young people, you queue, they frustrate you, you do all those things to you, and you will not get a job. You don't get it. So nothing is working. The government has failed. If you don't know, I'm telling you, the government has failed. The contractor who built our churches in China buying some things for church right now. And every day he sent me a text. Our leaders have not helped us. Every day. Like he's been there for like, like the last 10 days. Every day he said, when he wakes up, our leaders have not helped us. Every day our leaders have not helped us. What is all this? It's like he's surprised that there's a place as nice as this. And our leaders go and see it. They come back and they don't do anything like that for us. 
It is only in Africa that you can have a road network. You they charge about $500 million for it, and it is not done. If it is done after five years, it starts coming off. You think they want... They, you see, they, they are not looking for your good. Do you understand? Ah, brothers and sisters. Like, be smart. Do you understand? Look at the system and see what you can do. Not looking at what it can do for you. Look at what you can do. It can't do much for you. It can't do much for you. Have you ever heard the price of a tin of milk reducing before? You woke up one day, milk was two cities, 50 pesos. Now it is 80 pesos. Have you ever heard anything like that since you were born? Since you were born in 1992. <laughs> since you were born. Have you ever heard anything like that? It keeps going up. Higher and higher. Things are getting tighter and tighter. Right now, doctors are even struggling. Because when you finish school, you have, to, you have to apply. And do all kinds of things. Did the government employ you? Are you, not, are you not working on your own? Do your own thing. Is it working? You better learn how to put your faith to work and make that thing work. Or else you will go hungry. You depend on the mountains that are around, you'll be surprised. If you don't do some wild thing or attach yourself to some wild group. And offer some sacrifices. Kill one of your brothers or one of your sisters with your mother and your father. You will not be able to do anything in this world. Do you think I'm, to, I'm telling you the truth? It's getting tighter and tighter. Hotter and hotter. That is the prophecy of the world concerning the world. If it comes to the mountains in the world, it says that it's going to get darker and darker and darker. The only place that will be advancing and going higher and higher is a church. Jesus said that I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, my church shall be on the ascendancy. My church shall be on the, on the increase every single year. You better attach yourself well to it. If you don't attach yourself well to it, there's no hope. There's no hope. There's no hope. Am I saying don't work? Emphatically, I said don't work. I didn't say that. Be wise. Be smart. You need something extra. You need an extra. You see, there are people, the job you want to apply for, there are others with tal- they, are, they have talisman around their waist and around their, their wrists. Same things. Google Gaga, Google Gaga, Gamal in 20. They are saying things. Google Gaga, Google Gaga, Gamal in 20. In the corner. You are just walking in just like that. You should be, you should be walking in speaking in tongues. You should, you should have stared yourself up before you come. And be, you, you have to cover every side. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. We got, I got some testimonies this week. Some people, the person did not apply for the job. He's gotten the job. Another person was, uh, these are people in church. In this, they are in church. They are in church. In this same Ghana. They are in church. Two of them. One didn't apply for the job. He's gotten a job. The other was being told by somebody, like the person was discussing his business idea with him. He has the money and everything. And as he was talking, he decided to contribute to his business. After contributing to his business, the guy went, slept, and woke up and told him that if you are not part of this business, it will not work. So come and come and join me. And come and be my assistant, director, whatever, whatever. Just like that. In the same country. Let me show you a scripture in Daniel. Okay, let's read verse 29. Daniel eleven twenty-nine. I have five more things to share with you, isn't it? I'm just giving you a prelude to it. Yeah, just trying to let you know how real it is. 
Okay, I have to show you things that will let you that this thing is really true. Yeah. It really works. Okay, sometimes the word of God is uh, you. You may not understand what is going on. You don't know. You don't know how how important or how it, it applies to you. Uh-huh. I want to show you the world in which you are living. Oh, even the lands are finishing. The lands are finishing. No, right now if you want to buy land, you're a young person, you want to buy land and build. You have to go to Central Region back somewhere or Eastern Region somewhere and go and buy land. Isn't that true? Yeah. You, if you like, go and, go and say you want to buy cantonment land. Yeah, you should have about $5 million before you come. Where will you get? Are you, you have to steal, isn't it? You have to steal. You have to do something wild before you can be able to live in some of those places. But you have to live in some of those places. Why shouldn't you live in some of those places? No, you are entitled to good things. Don't you understand? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why should church go into the forest? Why do we have to go and build in the forest when the banks are in the city? Everybody is going to the city. You are going to build in the bush. Who should come to the church? No. If they have land in the city, who will have to have land in the city? What do you think? Just at that, at the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the town, but it shall not be as a former or as a latter. Continue, verse, verse 30. For the ships of Shittim shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. And arm shall, shall stand on his path, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice. And they shall place the abomination that maketh desolation. He's talking about uh, the Antichrist and what he'll be doing. I mean, the time of chaos. He's talking about the times, the season of chaos. Okay? And we're approaching that season. He says, go to the next verse. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. Then he says, but the people that know they are God shall be strong and do exploits. In the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the distraction, those who do know they are God. He says they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. So now that things are not working, now that it is difficult to be employed, difficult to marry, you want to marry? You want to marry? Ask anybody, you want to marry? You need a minimum of 20,000 Ghana cities to marry. I preach a message here about how to marry with 5,000 Ghana cities. You can get it. And listen, right now the church has been gazetted by the government. I've also been gazetted as a minister of the government. So I have the marriage certificate, everything. I can do a marriage for you, your wedding for you in my office. I've done a very nice office. Just come. Your mother is there, your father is there, everybody is just about 20 people. 20 people can fit into the, the office. With air condition, strong air condition. Everything is fine. We will sign everything, pray for you, take pictures over there, and everything will be fine. You are married and you are gone. You, I'm not joking, I'm very, very serious. So if you are interested, don't stretch things. You are now coming to do power. Do you know how much it costs? Instead of buying land for your life, or doing do an investment, buying men's gold or something to get more money. You want to go and do, do all kinds of things. <laughs> It says those who do know they are God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits in the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion. They shall do exploits because they know, not those who God knows, those who know they are God. If you know your God, 
You'll be surprised. Says they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. They shall do extraordinary things. They shall do extraordinary things. Extraordinary things. As you doing exploits, oh. Remarkable things. When they say there's no way, it just opens up to you. Yeah, that is your story. There's prophet. There's prophet in serving God. There is. There is. I've served God all my life and I've not regretted it. God has blessed me, increased me. I want you to get in on this old path. Okay? Get in on it. God will honor you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, last time I started sharing the 10 benefits of serving the Lord, isn't it? Or working for the Lord. I've mentioned that it launches you into fearful and uncommon favor and makes you a wonder to your generation. Guarantees answers to prayers, isn't it? It guarantees supernatural safety and protection in times of trouble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It guarantees supernatural turnaround of difficult and impossible situations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then I mentioned that it ushers you into all-round prosperity and pleasure, isn't it? So number six, it makes you wise. It makes you what? Wise. Serving the Lord or working for the Lord makes you wise. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30. Proverbs 11 30. It makes you wise. Makes you wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Winning souls brings you wisdom. It brings you wisdom. What made Solomon prosperous? Wisdom. What made Solomon very great wisdom. When Solomon was asked what he wanted in life, he didn't say, give me money. Give me whatever. There are some prayers that you pray that God can say no. There are some prayers that when you pray, God will say no. But there are some prayers when you pray, God, the, the answer can only be yes. One of the prayers is wisdom. Praying for wisdom. When Solomon prayed for wisdom, God didn't say, no, 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 no. Why are you asking for wisdom? You don't need wisdom. God didn't say that. He gave him wisdom. Free of charge. And Solomon became a very, very important person. So working for the Lord gives you access to real wisdom, practical wisdom for your life. The Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. Isn't it? Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the most important thing you ever require in your life. Wisdom is the ability to know what is right and what is not right. And to choose the right thing. Wisdom is knowledge applied. Knowing what you are supposed to do and doing it. Sometimes you know what you are supposed to do but you can't do it. Winning souls. Amazing. The one who wins souls is wise. So if you want to demonstrate the wisdom of God that is in you, win souls. Christ has made unto us wisdom, isn't it? Yeah. So we are wise. But the practical application of that wisdom and the practical revelation of that wisdom is in you doing the work of the Lord. As you work for him and as you win souls, he says you are wise. Hallelujah. Your wisdom will be displayed. Do you understand? He that winner souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Winning souls is part of the work of the Lord. In February, we're going to talk about how to win souls. Wow. Yeah, winning souls. We'll talk about five alive. Okay? Yeah. Winning souls. It makes you wise. It makes you wise. How many of you want to be wise? Practically. Yeah. Sometimes some people call me wise. They say that, oh, Pastor T is wise. It's wise. done this. is wise. This has happened is wise. All the things that they are saying has me, I'm wise about are things that are in the work of the Lord. I just do the work of the Lord. They say I'm wise. Yeah, I've had plenty. 
plenty of prophecies about it. You are sage, and you shall give birth to many sages. As for that particular prophecy, even if the person cannot see anything about me, that's that's the only thing the person will see. Yeah, and I know where it's coming from. I know it's because of the word of God, the work of God. Not because of any other thing. Yeah, not because of any. I just, it's like I know what to do at whatever time. I know what, it's my number one prayer. Wisdom. Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15. It's my number one prayer. Let me show it to you. Ephesians 1, 15. It says, Wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. It says, I pray that he may give you the spirit of wisdom. So it's, it's, like, it's like you don't have it. Every, this is a daily prayer. It says, I cease not. I cease not. So this is not a prayer. It's, a, it's not a one-time prayer. It's a continuous prayer. No, these things, I don't stop praying them. It's I cease not to, to give thanks. Making mention of you my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He says, if you ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. And you will know what is the hope of his calling. And what is the riches of the glory of his, of his inheritance in the things. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work in you that believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I don't joke with it. I pray for wisdom. But I know what will make my wisdom show forth. Winning souls. Working for the Lord. The more I work for the Lord, the more my, my wisdom displays itself. I don't know about you. I believe you want to be wise, isn't it? <laughs> Win souls. Okay. Win souls. This is one of the major benefits of working for the Lord. Number seven. Let me run it through quickly. Number seven. It guarantees your, you living in supernatural health. Working for the Lord guarantees you living in supernatural health. Okay? It guarantees you living in what? Supernatural health. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. Exodus 23, 25. Supernatural health. Supernatural health. Supernatural health. Read it to me. One to go. And ye shall serve the Lord your God. And ye shall bless thy bread and thy water. And, and take sickness away from the missile. Do you see that? He says, and you shall serve the Lord. Your job is to serve the Lord or to work for the Lord. And he shall bless. His job is to bless. You are to serve. He will bless. Serve. I will bless. Serve. I will bless. And you shall serve the Lord your God. And he shall bless your bread. Have you noticed that almost all the meals you are taking is poisonous? (laughs) The tomatoes, when you divide, you realize that it's like the outside is red, the inside is green. But you still use it anyway. Because you don't get any other anyway. They are using all kinds of things to plant uh, uh, the things you are eating. We are, you, are t- you are practically taking poison. Sometimes they will say that too much egg, egg, if you eat eggs, you get cholesterol. After some time, they will say if you eggs, is good for you. After that, they will say that if you take this one, if you, they say fruits and vegetables are good. As you are eating, you are eating fruits and before you go to bed, then they will come and tell you that it's bringing you diabetes. Because the sugar, you are putting in too much sugar in the night and you are not going to use it. You just go and sleep with it. It's like our bread and our water is cursed. But he says, if you serve me, I will bless. I will bless your bread, and I will bless your water, and I will take away sickness from your, the midst of you. I will take away. Sickness will not exist in your system. Why? Because you are serving the Lord. 
How many of you want to walk in supernatural health? Are always healthy. Haven't you heard what God said about Moses? He says that Moses' eyes were not dim. Neither was he bent. Neither was he count, his countenance abated in any way. Why? Because he was the man of Moses, my servant. He's the servant of God. Hey, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. As the years go by, you get stronger. Can a Copeland is can a Copeland is 80 years old? Can a Copeland is 80 years old? He's moving around like nothing is happening. Jumping and doing everything. Can a Hagen was 85? He was still running around and preaching the gospel. Yeah. So 80 is like 80 is nothing. Those who serve the Lord, 80 is nothing. 80 is like it's like it's normal. 80, I think life is starting. We are now starting life. Nothing has really happened. Why you are not serving the Lord? When you are 50, you feel like dying. You realize that your knees are just started shaking. Your waist started shaking and shaking. You can't do a lot of things. Oh, yes, it's the truth. It's the truth. When they put you on pension, Kabodia, you are in trouble. Like you are waiting to die. That's what pension means, waiting to die. See how you refuse to go on pension. The Bible says that the old men shall dream dreams. Meaning that the old men shall, because of the anointing of God upon their lives, they shall still have dreams of what they want to accomplish. Yeah, no, no, they are just, there's nothing if it's like if they've come to the end of their lives. Uh, just when we we're coming, we saw somebody uh, who has passed on. They've written, What a rapture. I'll be saying it's just on the junction. What a rapture. It will not be written concerning you. What a rapture. No, 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 no. Not at all. You walk in health. When, when Caleb was 80, he said, give me the mountain. Caleb stood and walked into the mountain and killed, he killed giants and took the whole mountain of giants. One person, 80-year-old man, said, give me the giant, give me the mountain. Why? He was strong. Why? Because he was into serving God. He's the serving God type of person. Sometimes I me, I'm not that type. Which type are you? When they ask, what type are you? Say, I'm the serving God type of man. I'm the serving God type of woman. That's what I am. Yeah, I'm a servant of the Lord. Moses, the servant of God, stood on up. He stood. He wasn't bent at age 120. He was 120 years and he was not bent. Health, strength, never getting tired. You never get tired because of the spirit of might that is working in you. Yeah, the more you work for the Lord, the more the spirit of might works in you. Strengthen with might by his spirit in your inner man. Yeah. You are strengthened within and without. Strengthened. Yeah. No hospital. No, no hospital beds. None of those things. Hey, never desire to sleep on a hospital bed. Do you know how many people have died on that bed? That you want to go and sleep on? Do you know how many? Sometimes as soon as a person dies, they bring you to the, to the bed. You don't want to be in such places, do you? No, no, no. 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 No, so no hospital bed for me. I'm going to be serving God. You see, I, I can't fall, I can't fall ill. I can't, I can't, it's impossible. Because it's like I need my voice to preach, I need my nose to preach, I need my eyes to preach, I need every time I need my body to preach. If I'm not feeling well, I can't be here. Have you ever heard any day that they said the pastor did not come to church? Why did he come to church? Oh, he's not feeling well after church. We are going to visit him. We are going to visit him after church. Since you came to this church, have you ever heard anything like that? I've pastored for more than eight years. I've never, I've never had the opportunity to go and sleep on any hospital bed. Never. And I don't have plans of doing that. Never. I don't have plans of doing that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I'm into the service of God. I'm the serving God type of person. So even what so he says, when you take the food, just bless it. It is blessed. 
Yeah, he says, I will bless your water and I'll bless your bread. And then he said, Bless your bread. (laughs) 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 You shall serve the Lord your God. Ask your neighbor, are you into serving the Lord your God? This year, this year, this year, tell me about this year, this year, no malaria, no diabetes, no stroke, none of those things. You know that these are things that are affecting young people now. You know that they are affecting young people now. Stroke. Small boy, he has stroke. Small girl, he has diabetes. Small girl, he has something, hepatitis Q and C and, and G, all kinds of things. Cancer. They say they don't know where cancer comes from. They don't know where cancer comes from. Someone went to bed, woke up, and had cancer. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, 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 it's supernatural. You don't know. You, you sleep on one side. When you wake up, they say that, that side is, is, is now stroke. No, I get minus you. Tell anybody about minus you. Yeah. I'm the, I need my life to serve God. I need my life to serve God. I need my life to serve God. When Hezekiah fell ill, Hezekiah fell ill, and he was going to die. Boils all over his body, and he, you see, it happened to him because he stopped serving God. The Bible says that he left serving God. He left serving God, and as soon as that's your health insurance, as soon as he left serving God, it just came to him. Boils came to him, and he was nigh on to dying to the point that God sent Isaiah to go and tell him that you are going to die. Put things in order; you'll be dying very soon. Then when Isaiah told him that and he was going, he turned to the one and started talking to God. He said, God, me, I'm going to die. Me, I'm going to die. Look at what I've done for you. In my first year as king, and in my first month as king, I repaired your house. I put things in place. I've set things in course over the years. None of the ancestors that came to me did that. I've destroyed all the, 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 the idols of Baal all over the place. I've done this. I've, done, I've worked for you. As Isaiah was in the courts of the king, he was passing through the hall of the king, going as he was going. God spoke to say, "Okay, I said about it's okay. Go back, go back and go and tell him that." And he went back to tell him that, "Listen, you have 15 more years to live. I see your age being increased, your years being increased, yeah, because you are into serving God." Yeah, he said, "No, no, no. I'm, I've been serving you. What do you mean?" I've been saying, Second Kings chapter twenty verse six, and now I don't use go go up. Go, let's see what Hezekiah prayed. So many is it's part of it. The very first on thirty first, I mentioned it, isn't it? Yeah. So I didn't want to go into it, but let's let's read about it a little. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. And in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, "That said the Lord God, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live." Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, look at his, the content of his prayer. I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept so. I remember, O God, remember. If you have forgotten, I'm reminding you. <laughs> Continue. And it came to pass, after Isaiah was gone out into the middle, into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Return. Turn again and tell Hezekiah that the cattle of my people. That says the Lord, the God of David, thy father. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day, thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord. I will heal you and you go back into the house of the Lord. Because he left the house. He was not doing it. If you read in 2 Chronicles chapter 31, 32. Go to 2 Chronicles 32. You realize that he left. He left. He stopped doing what God wanted him to do. 2 Chronicles 32. 
Let's read from verse 24. In those days, Hezekiah was sick to death and prayed unto the Lord, and he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign. Verse 25. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. Have you seen it? He did not, he did not appreciate God for some of the things that he did for him. He did not, he left God. Go, go to the next verse. Not just that Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. So he, when he turned to the Lord, everything was taken away. If you serve him, that is your, that is your health insurance. I, I don't have to go to the hospital, to be honest with you. I hate, I hate going to the hospital. My wife works there, but I don't like going there. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. Sometimes you, you see people who are sick. It's not a small thing. Sick, 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 sick. You have to work for God. Tell anybody, work for the Lord. Work for the Lord. And dwell in health. And dwell in health. And strength. And strength. All the days of your life. Do you want that? Ask anybody, do you want that? Do you want that? Yes. I think you should, you should, want, you should want such things. Yeah. Hallelujah. Number eight. It guarantees fruitfulness in every sphere of your life. Hallelujah. Working for the Lord guarantees what? Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness in every sphere of your life. Fruitfulness. How many of you want to give birth? Ladies, you want to give birth. Guys, you want to give birth. Guys, you want to have children. Yeah. Children. Twins. You want twins. Yeah. Triplets, quadruplets. Charlie, who will take care of them? <laughs> it's not easy giving, giving birth to a lot of people and then. Hallelujah. Yeah. Exodus 23, where we're reading, verse 26. Look at verse 26. So go, go up to 25, so we read it together. You know that it is related to serving. It says, And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take away sickness from, thy, from the midst of thee. So even if the sickness is there already and you start serving God, what will happen? To be taken away. We had, there was a testimony of this man who did a heart problem. He was having a heart problem. I don't know if you remember the meeting we went for. Yeah. He was having a heart problem. They had operated on him with plasters and all that on his chest. He was still recovering. And he really needed, he wanted things to change in his life. He used it to go and preach. Yeah. Covenant also. He went out to go and preach. He said, no, I'm, I, have to, I have to employ this particular thing. I have to work for God. For this thing to be taken away from me. And he went to serve God. He was moving around, preaching the gospel to people. With the plasters. Bringing people to church. We don't, nobody knows what happened. The heart, it's like a new heart was given to him. And he was struggling to have a child. A child was given to him as well. Wow. I think he had twins there. Twins. He had given birth to a first girl who, had, who was grown. Like she was 15 or 16 years when he was giving the testimony. So 16 years after giving birth to a first child, there was no child coming. And his health was, was threatened. He was going to die. He said, no, no, no. I have to employ, I have to employ God's word. He started moving around. Within a month or two, he was healed completely. And he had, his wife became pregnant with twins. Wow. I mean, I mean, you, you see, ignore God's word. He says, ignore God's word and suffer. It's, it's never, he says, ignore God's word and suffer. Do what he wants you to do and prosper. Okay. I don't know which one you want. Whether you like suffering. Oh, who, who likes suffering? Pinch your neighbor and ask, is it painful? Do you like suffering? You like, you like such things? You don't, like, you don't like it. Nobody likes suffering. You will never like anything in your life in Jesus' name. Yeah. 
says, There shall nothing cast thy young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will, fu- I will fulfill. Who can say that to you? Can any, can any human being tell you that the number of your days I will fulfill? I'll make sure you live to the time you are supposed to live. Who can, who can do that? Who can say that for you? Only God can say that. Only, and he says, if you serve me, nothing, none of your young, not, nobody shall cast their young. In other words, there shall not be any abortion amongst you. Like something you are, you are, you are expecting is miscarried. Your business that you're expecting to work, all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. He says, if you serve me, I'll make sure those things do not never happen to you. Never, never happen to you. Whatever you touch will work. And it will work well. It will keep going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Because your path is just one. The Bible says the path is just as the shining light. That shines more and more onto the perfect day. That shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. That is your story. Not, oh, where the business was working, uh, then something happened, and then everything, was, where everything went away. No, not when you're serving God. Not when you've employed that particular thing in the house of God. And serving the Lord and working for the Lord. God will make sure you are taken care of. Nothing shall be, shall be lost. This is Exodus 26. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren. No barrenness. You shall be fruitful. Why? Because you are working for the Lord. Physically speaking, materially speaking, business speaking, financially speaking, every single thing you get yourself, sometimes you get yourself involved in an investment, just when you get involved in it, they say that the investment has been, has, has vanished. Have you ever seen that before? Yeah. It is there, Papa. As soon as you, you put your money, you only you, when you put your money inside the thing, nah, it stopped working. Then the people run away with the money. DKM or something will happen. That shall not be your, 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 your story. There shall nothing cast their young. This year, everything you start to work. I said this year, every, every day is Christmas. Oh, I forgot to. Every day is Christmas. Every day is Christmas. Nothing shall cast their young, nor be bearing in thy land. The number of your days I will fulfill. In other words, nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to die. Tell me, but nobody's going to die. Nobody is permitted to die. Everything around you and everything that you have is, is going to live to the end of the year. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number nine. We are finishing. Tell me about we are finishing. Number nine. It procures eternal honor for you. Seven, the Lord procures eternal honor for you. It procures eternal honor for you. Eternal honor. 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 Tell me about honor. It procures eternal honor for you. John chapter 12, verse 26. John 12, 26. Eternal honor. Look at Jesus. If any man serve me, let him follow me. If any man what? Serve. You serve. Serve is like work for me. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. If you serve him, he says, my father will honor you. There is physical honor. It's there. I've mentioned how that God will honor you. He says, he'll give you riches with honor. Durable riches with honor. Isn't it? Yeah. Now, this kind of honor is different. This is another type of, it's eternally oriented. Says, if any man serves me, him will my father honor. The first group of people I want to talk about are the disciples. 
If you remember, the disciples were just normal guys in the system. Unlearned. In that chapter, in that chapter, chapter 4, the Bible mentions that when the, the Pharisees heard Peter talk, Peter and James talk, they were surprised because they knew them to be unlearned men. But they took knowledge of them because they, know, they knew that they had been with the Lord. They didn't know anything. Jesus took them from being fishermen, tax collectors, street boys. Do you know that the disciples were very young? It is, according to history, John, the divine, was 16 years old. Wow. Was just 16 years old. Ah, Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry. Um, you see, sometimes the pastor is older than almost everybody in the church. Isn't it? Very, it's very, some of our mothers are here. It's very, 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 it's very rare to have mothers following someone who is young. Younger than them. It's not, they are, they are asked for their reward. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, because it is not a small thing to follow someone who is younger than you. That's why the Pharisees asked him, you, when did you come? How old are you? They asked Jesus how old he was. How old are you? How old are you? You are not yet 50. Yet you say that before Abraham was, I am. Are you crazy? They said all kinds of things about him. The disciples were young, very, very young. It is said that Peter is the one who was a little bit older than Jesus. Because Peter was married and had children. But none of the rest, none of the other disciples had were married. They were just guy moving around the system. Nathaniel, all bachelors, young guys, 22, 23, 24. So it's good to serve the Lord young. It's good to serve the Lord young. You are 16, you are 15, you are 17, you are 18, you are 25. This is the right time to serve the Lord. You are qualified to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Yeah. John the Baptist was also very young. He was also like 30 when he started his ministry. And ministered for just six months and died. Yeah. John the Baptist's ministry was the most powerful ministry in the whole Bible. Yet it was just for six months. <laughs> it's amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Young guys caught from very not so nice environment. But look at Luke chapter, look, look, look chapter 22, from verse 28 to verse 30. Look at Jesus. He says that, ye are they which have controlled, he's saying to the disciples, he says, you are those who have continued with me in my temptations. You have been with me. And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my father has appointed unto me. I appoint, because they followed and worked for him, he says, I am appointing unto you a kingdom. Go to the next verse. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So because they served Jesus and worked for him, this I'm appointing for you a kingdom. They came from terrible backgrounds. So. But he says, Because you continued with me and you said me, I'm, I'm appointing to you a kingdom, and you shall sit at my table. And I'm giving you twelve thrones to sit on, and you shall be judging the twelve tribes of Israel. All these people who are talking plenty, you'll be judging them. You will sit on twelve. You will sit on thrones, and you'll be judging them. So serving God procures for you Anna, eternal Anna. I mean, these twelve thrones, nobody can sit on them. The Bible says that we are go to go to uh, Ephesians chapter two. Let's read from verse nineteen. Ephesians two nineteen. Now therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Verse 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. He says, you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. The apostles and these pro- apostles that we know are the foundation upon which we are built. Normal human beings, normal people walking around. Jesus tells them, you shall sit on 12 thrones. I'm appointed to a kingdom to enjoy. 
and uh, you have become the, the foundations upon which my house is being built. I mean, found, who can take away foundation? Take away the foundation of this building and everything will collapse. Because he said with him, he made them foundations. Go to Revelation chapter 21. You see more there. Verse 14. Revelation 21, 14. I'm coming to show you some magic. Some magic. Yeah. So save God because it has it has great price in the world to come. There's some there are some wild things in the world to come for you. Hallelujah. Maybe you don't believe it. But when you die, you will see it. You know, when someone dies, eh, I, there are a lot of things I think about. All the things I think about is where he is and what he's seeing right now. Sometimes I remember my father, I'm like, where is he? Where, what is he seeing right now? Because actually dead people are not dead. The dead people are not dead, actually. Jesus spoke about Lazarus and the rich man. The people knew Lazarus, they knew, they knew the rich man. They, Jesus didn't say a parable. The Bible didn't say another parable spoke Jesus and said there was a rich man called, uh, a rich man and then another man called. It wasn't a parable, it was a story they knew and they, they, they knew, they knew them. Jesus, the rich man died and was buried and he woke up in hell. The poor man died and was carried in by angels into Abraham's bosom and he was enjoying good things in Abraham's bosom. The other guy was enjoying fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. So these things are real. There's another life. Whether I like it or not. Where you are sitting, someone has sat there before. Yeah. Someone has sat where you are sitting before. All those people are not around now. Where are they? Where do dead people go? There's a place for them. If you serve the Lord, you see, you didn't have any option as to choice in terms of coming to this world. If you were given the opportunity to choose which part of the world you'd have gone to, you'd have gone to Switzerland, France, Germany, America, UK, where, where else? Ghana will be empty. Africa will be empty. Nobody will come to Africa. Nobody will come. But God is giving you an opportunity to choose where you will be. You see, it is the biggest opportunity we will ever receive in our lives. Working for the Lord is the biggest opportunity you will ever receive in your life because it's an opportunity to, to, to help you choose where you will be wow. in the life that is to come yeah. and in the world that is to come. There's a world to come. There's a life to come. Who are you going to be? Who are you going to be? It's all dependent on what you are doing in the present. The disciples decided to follow Jesus. And to be with him. He says, I'm appointed. Before he died, he said, I'm appointing unto you a kingdom. I give unto you. Because you have continued with me in all my temptations, I'm appointing unto you a kingdom. You shall sit with me and eat with me in my father's kingdom. I'm appointing unto you 12 thrones that you shall sit on. Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. He says, I'm making you foundations. Look at this one. Revelation 21 verse 14. And the wall of the city had, he's describing the new Jerusalem. Okay? He's describing the new The new Jerusalem is... The heavenly Jerusalem that Christ is building right now. The new Jerusalem is actually the bride of Christ in his perfection. Okay? Right now we are called the church, isn't it? Now, those who are serious in the church are the ones who become the bride of Christ. Who will be married to the Lord. When those who are not serious join, they will be called the wife of God. They will become, will become the wife of Christ. But the bride, 
You see, nobody wants to marry a bride who does not have teeth. I mean, would you, would you want to do that? Would you want to marry a bride who has wrinkles and spots? All her face, spots, plenty spots. Then they are, her mouth is like this. And she's coming to kiss you. I mean, you don't want that. You want that. Everybody wants fresh. Everything is on everything, isn't it? Nice hair. Nice bottoms, isn't it? Nice boobs, nice hips, nice... Everything is on everything, isn't it? You don't want any fried egg type of boobs, isn't it? Hallelujah. You want cooked eggs. Your pastor said he wants cooked eggs. Standing on everything. So why do you think Jesus wants something else? Jesus also does not want something else. He also wants a good, nice bride. With everything on everything. Yeah. This is coming for a, a, a bride that does not have spot or wrinkle. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24. Look at it. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Go, go down. Go, go to verse 25. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You see, he loved the church and gave himself for the church. But he, he wants something more. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Continue. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. So there's a difference between the church and a glorious church. The glorious church is his bride. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I see it. Now, go to Revelation chapter 19. I, want, I just want to show it to you properly. Okay? <laughs> Revelation chapter 19. Verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. He's talking about Jesus. What's the next verse? Did you hear that? He says that his wife has made herself what? Ready. The wife has made herself ready. So the, the church must make itself ready for the Lord. Go back. Go back to verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. The marriage of the Lamb is come. So Jesus is going to marry. He's called that. He's the Lamb of God, right? He's going to marry. And he says that his wife has made herself ready. Go to the next verse. Verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Righteousness of the saints. Okay? The doings of the saints. The work of the saints. The word righteousness is actually righteousnesses. Their works. Their doings. What they did in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Continue. And he saith unto a right, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto them, These are the things, the true things of God. It's not everybody who will be called into the marriage, marriage of the Lamb. It's blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. That marriage supper is attended by the, the Lord and his bride. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those who have spots and wrinkles will be removed. Okay, go back to, go to uh, Revelation chapter 21 once again. Revelation chapter, let's read from verse 1. Okay, then we'll jump to verse 14. I want you to see that it is the, the new Jerusalem is actually the church. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. All this has great meaning. If, if you've heard me talk about these things, you know what I'm talking about. And I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared as what? 
prepared as a bride are done for her husband. So the new Jerusalem, the city is actually a group of people. The city is actually people. Who are the people? The church. Those who prepare themselves for the Lord. So in verse 14, he's describing, if you go on, you realize that the whole, the whole chapter is actually a description of, of the... Okay, go to verse 10. Go to verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Jasper is the color of God. So the bride also looks just like God. Look at, go to the next verse. And had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. You remember that the children of Israel also, the, 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 Jacob's sons, eh? The, the walls, the walls had twelve gates. And the twelve gates had twelve names on it. And the names on the twelve gates were the names of the sons of Jacob. Can you imagine? So they have their place. They have their eternal honor. Their names are inscribed eternal. It's eternal. It's an eternal honor. Because they, their father gave himself for the work of God. And they followed in their father's footsteps. Go to the next verse. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, and on the south Three gates and on the west three gates. So three gates times four, making twelve. Go to the next verse. Then he comes to describe the wall of the city. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations. The wall of the city had what? Twelve foundations. And in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Did you hear that? And in the wall of the city, the, the, it had twelve foundations. There were twelve foundations for the wall of the city. And the twelve foundations had the twelve Apostles' names, Peter's name is there, John's name is there, Bartholomew's name is there. All these people had their names inscribed on the walls, the foundation, the 12 foundations. And the 12 foundations has colors, jasper, onyx, carbuncle, so many, they, very nice, glistering, whatever, walls with their names written in there. And it's actually, they themselves as a, as a foundation, it's not just their, their names, it's they themselves. They are the founder. Ah, I just quoted it for you in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Isn't it? Yeah. Huh. So they, he says, and Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. So they, it's not just their name, it's them who are the foundations. So Peter is one of the foundations. Thomas is one foundation. Why? Because they work for the Lord. Look if you work for the Lord. Hey! Let me show you what will happen when you also decide to work for the Lord. Let me show you some of the things that you can be honored with. Go to Revelation chapter 3. I see you doing some wild things for the Lord. And being honored. Being honored. This is the ones who are blessed are the ones who attend the marriage of the Lamb. If you work for him, you'll be invited. Because you'll be part of the bride of Christ. The difference between the church and the bride of Christ is those, those who work for the Lord. Okay, and those who walk with the Lord, you work and walk with the Lord. It's not the same. It's not everybody. Have you ever heard them talking about rapture before? Have you ever heard about rapture? Before? People don't like to hear about rapture. You hear, and some people will be taken away, and some people will be left. Have you ever heard it before? Do you think it's true or it's not true? It's true. It's in the Bible. I'm not the one saying it. So if you are serving God, you are serving God well. 
You think life is just what we are living. There's a day coming. You never know. We are, we are in those times. You never know. Maybe it will be sounded very soon. And you'll be left in the church. Hallelujah. Because you ain't serving God. You ain't working for him. See, the bride has made herself ready. You have to make yourself ready. You have to make yourself ready. You have to work for the Lord. You have to do what you know God wants you to do. Do you understand? Yeah. If I had not responded to the call of God, none of us would be sitting here. None of us would be sitting here. Yesterday, I, I was going through uh, WhatsApp and I saw a picture of Pastor Mark standing in Kaswa Church, dressed nicely with nice whatever people were there. I was like, hey, I just remember, if I had not responded to the call of God, if I had not done what I was supposed to do, he would not be where he is. Maybe he would have impregnated 17 people. So your, your, you deciding not to work for the Lord has great consequences that you don't know about. It has great consequences that you don't know about. And God will not include you into what he wants to do. Because you didn't honor him when he wanted you to honor him. He says, the one who is ashamed of me, I'll also be ashamed of him. He says, those who suffer with me shall also be glorified with me. It's as simple as ABCD. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. Revelation 3, 12. If you work for him, you do what he wants you to do. He says, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. The apostles were made foundations. He says, the one who overcometh, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. I will make him a pillar. This pillar does not go out. It's always in the, it's always in the house, isn't it? It's always here. He says, the one who overcometh, I will make him a pillar in the house of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God. You will bear his name. And the name of the city of my God. Which is New Jerusalem. Which cometh down out of heaven from God, for my God. And I will write upon him my new name. This is your eternal honor. Your eternal. In, in heaven. In the New Jerusalem. You see the New Jerusalem is, is people. Okay. It's a literal city made up of people. The foundations are made up of people. The walls are made up of people. The gates are made up of people. The pillars are made up of people. He says he's giving you an opportunity to become a pillar. Which one is better? Foundation or pillar? Pillar, you're always in this. You're always, foundation, you may not see what's happening inside. But pillar, you're always, if you are gates, you are, you're, you are, your name is you are outside. But God has given us the highest privilege that you can ever think about. The Bible says they without us are not perfect. They without us is giving us a special place to be pillars in this temple. And to have his name written on, on us. Wow. That is your eternal honor. Work for the Lord, though. Tell me about work for the Lord. Knowing the rewards. Knowing the rewards. First hmm? Corinthians 15 58. What does it say? Go to First Corinthians 15 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, your labor for the Lord is not in vain. It's not in vain. Look at the Amplified. Look at the Amplified. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is not futile. What you do for the Lord is not futile. You get rewards. There are rewards. There are plenty of rewards. The Bible says that, go to to Mark chapter 10. I hope I'm not quoting too many scriptures. Matthew chapter 10. These are the eternal sites. The, all the eight that I mentioned initially were the physical sites. 
the ones that are earthly, earthly oriented. But there's more. There's more. There's more. Doing the work of the Lord is like killing two birds with one stone. It's killing two birds with one stone. You are secured here on earth, and then the other level too, you are secured. I mean, there's nothing as good as this. Verse 42. Let's read from verse 41. Or 40. Go to 40. It's nice. He that receiveth you, this is Jesus talking, he says, he that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. He says, the one who receives you, if we send you to go and do soul winning or whatever, and when we come and you are received, you come to the person's house, the person receives you. This, the one who is receiving you is receiving me. And the one who is receiving me is receiving my father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because it's my father who sent you. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So there are rewards for receiving prophets. There are rewards for receiving righteous people. Who's the next verse? And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily as unto he shall in no wise lose his reward. There are rewards for giving, serving the children of God. As you are cleaning the tables for some chairs for someone to come and sit on, for the child of God to come and sit on, says that you will not lose your reward. I remember this is Jesus' word. It's written in red. It's written in red. It's Jesus' word. It's not my word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are so many testimonies. Testimonies are bound of people who were cleaning the chairs in the church and they were wiping away their shame. Wiping away their shame. Someone was cleaning the toilet. He didn't know what he was doing. Cleaning church toilets. As he was cleaning, he didn't know that he was cleaning things in his own life. Testimonies are bound. If I were you, I'll key in. Key in. Okay? Key in. I know I will never fail in life. It's not just, it's not a rhetoric. It's a knowing. I know. Because I know the secret to making sure I never ever fail in life. Working for the Lord. Working for the Lord. There is even reward for fasting. Let me show you. Go to Matthew chapter. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 1. There are rewards for fasting. There are rewards for prayer. There are rewards for giving. Okay? There are rewards. When we say we are fasting, you will eat. You are losing, you are not only losing physical things. Because the fast is related to physical things. There are physical things God would want you to do. You see, you're... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you shall have no reward of your father which is in heaven. So there are rewards for doing your arms. The father will reward. There are rewards for thoughts. For good thoughts about people. When you have good thoughts about people, God rewards you. So on that day, rewards. The eternal was honor. Eternal honor. For what you do. For working for us, if you do your arms before men to be seen of men, you shall have no reward of your father which is in heaven. Continue, verse 6, verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the, in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may, they may have glory of men. Very as you unto you, they have their reward. They, have their, they, have, they will only have access to the physical reward, they will not have access to the spiritual reward because they did it before men. You understand? What he's saying is that don't be, you bring your money, you come. I gave hundred million dollars. Yeah, but that's not what he's talking. He says, "Don't do, don't do it like that. Give your money, give what you want to give, but do it in secret. Don't let your left hand even know what your right hand is doing." Do you understand? Don't expect us to heal you and to listen to your advice because you are the you are the number one giver in the church. There are some rich men who do that. They want to control the church because they are the number one giver of the church. 
they give, they give higher, higher than anybody. So any church project, it's like if you don't talk to them and see them, the church project will not happen. And they know it, so they take advantage of it. He says, you will get your earthly reward. But the heavenly reward you will not get. There was this man in Nigeria who wanted to, uh, he's, he was a big time giver in the church. Everybody in the church knows. And he knows it. The church had become too small. Where they were had become too small. They had purchased a land just by them to build a bigger auditorium. Okay? And they had done everything they were coming to build. And they knew that this man, the man knew that he was the one supposed to give the money for it. Everybody knows that he's the one supposed to give the highest. Everybody's giving back. If one person is giving, they are called the sons of consolation, yeah. like Barnabas. Everybody was giving, but when Barnabas sold this land and came to give, the money that came was so much that it was mentioned specifically that the apostles received consolation. They, they were calmed down, <laughs> financially speaking, for them to do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this man knew who he was. But he wanted to build his own house first before he builds God's house. So he was delaying the church project so that he can build his mansion. God didn't say anything. He built his mansion. He did build his mansion. But on the day that he was going to launch, you know, some of these big men, they will launch their house, isn't it? So they will launch, they will do party, launch their house, people come and eat in the house, everything. The day he was launching the house, two of his daughters, his only daughters, were crossing the road to go and buy something. As we're crossing the road, a 16-wheeler. Do you know a 16-wheeler? 16. The wheels of the car are 16. Hit them and killed all of them. The two of them, just like that. And when he was crying, God told him, he had God, he's the one giving the testimony. It's not anybody. He's the one giving the testimony. He said when he held the daughters and he was crying, God told him, you said you would not build my house. You wanted to build your own house. Now go and celebrate. Yeah, because he exposed himself to, to the devil. Yes. You think God is the one who killed them? Why would God kill your children? Kill your children? He's not the one to do that. The devil is too wicked for God to, to, be, to be involved in killing. No, if God gets involved, nobody will survive. Nobody will survive. Oh, if God should get involved, the day God, in, God gets involved, everybody will vanish. The Bible says that he will roll up the heavens. He will melt the, the earth and roll up the heavens like carpet. Just for him, he will do everything. That day is coming. It's not yet gotten involved. There's a day coming when you get involved. When he gets involved, says when God, it's time for God to get into action. When he gets into action, everybody will run away. The Bible says that everybody was fled. Every, even the heavens and the earth fled. When God gets involved, the heaven and the earth will, will flee. And there was, no, there was found no place for them. It's in the Bible. Revelation chapter 21. It's there. 22, I think. No, this, they, they fled. There was no place for them. Hallelujah. Revelation 20. Revelation 20, rather. He says, as he was crying, God told him, you see, so I'm building my house. You built this. You see what has brought you. You don't know the number of lives I've been lost because you didn't give that money. You don't know. You don't know. What we do has great eternal implications. Great eternal implications. Great eternal implications. So as you are cleaning a chair like that, do it with all of your heart. Do it with joy. Serve God cheerfully. That's the way to serve God. You do it with cheerfulness. Don't do it with Moody every time they say we should crane this chair. We are craning, we are craning. Every time we are craning the church and craning this one and craning, we are craning, craning. You will lose your reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to verse 4. Matthew 6, verse 4. I want to show you some of the rewards that the eternal honor that you have. Is this, um, go to verse 3, rather. But when thou doest thine arms, let not thy hand, thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. Verse 4. 
that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father who seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. So he'll give you the, the, the you see, two rewards. Am I the one saying? It's in the Bible. Two. Verse one, he says that you shall, go to verse one. Matthew 6, 1. Take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you shall have no reward of your father which is in heaven. That is one reward. That's one side. That's the heavenly one. Then verse 4 says, Okay, verse 3. But when thou doest thine arms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. That thine arms may be in secret. And thy father who seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. He shall reward thee. That's the physical one, the open one for everybody to see. Are you seeing it? Verse 5. They are reward to pledge rewards. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So there are rewards for your prayer. Hallelujah. Of course, you should know there's, there's no prayer for yourself. Who will reward you for praying for yourself? No, there are some kinds of prayers that when you are praying, you should know that there's no eternal reward for it. You are praying for yourself. But the moment you start praying for nations, for, for souls, for though, the moment you start serving God along that line, prayer for yourself is not service to God. Okay? How many of you want to influence nations? You want to influence nations? You want to influence nations? Isn't yeah. it? One of the main ways of influencing nations is by praying for them. Let me show you the, the scripture I'm using to say this to you. Okay? Then I'll close. I have one last point to, to say and then I'll close. Go to Genesis chapter 18. Verse 17. This is a story concerning the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? God says, Shall I hide anything from Abraham? Why? Why? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Why should I hide anything from him? Seeing that he himself shall become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Why should I have something from him? So God started exposing Abraham to what he was going to do in Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at the next thing. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may, be, may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And the Lord said, because the crime of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. And because their sin is very grievous. I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will, I will know. Verse 22. And the men turned their faces from them and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. So Abraham stood before God. God told him, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to check what they are doing and destroy them. And Abraham stood before God. There are two men were angels who went to Sodom and Gomorrah to bring the fire down and to check the authenticity of what God... So God, God is twice sure. He has heard the cry of Sodom against itself. But he was sent to go and check physically to see if it is true. Now, why am I sharing the story with you? Abraham began to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah by mentioning figures. God, if you go and hundred of them are righteous, will you destroy the whole city for hundred? God says, no. If I find hundred, I will not destroy hundred. Abraham brings you to fifty. If you go and you find fifty, will you destroy them? God said, no, I will not destroy them for fifty. He did, brought, 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 and brought it down to five. Is it five? Brought it down to five. Either ten or five. And stop. Yeah, five. Per, per adventure, there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Who thou shalt destroy all the city of that, for the lack of fire. He said, he said I, will, I will not destroy for forty-five. Continue. Go down. You will see. So Abraham is interceding. Say intercession. intercession. 
Is Abraham praying for himself? No. Abraham is talking to God. He's praying to God. But he's not praying for himself. And prior to this, God says, Shall I hide something from Abraham? Seeing that Abraham will be a great nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. In other words, if you are not going to be a great nation and for all nations of the earth to be blessed, I will not give you the opportunity to stand before me and intercede for them. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. You didn't hear it. It is only those who influence the world who pray for the world. If you will not influence the world, God will not even bring it to your attention to pray for Libya or pray for Sudan or pray for Somalia or pray for America or pray for Egypt. Pray for your own country. You will never, your prayers will never ever have any nation involved. You will always be praying for yourself. If you are not going to influence any nation, that's how your life will be. Your prayer will be, Father, me and my children. Father, me and my children. Bless me and bless my children. Bless me and bless my grandchildren. Bless me and bless my husband. Bless me and bless this one. But if you are going to influence the whole world, God says, shall I hide something from you because you are going to influence the whole world? Let me bring you close. Pray for this people. Talk about this people. Talk to me about this people. Change my mind about this people because I want to destroy them. They are going to be blessed in you. So pray for them. Did you hear that? Yeah. If you are not going to do that, it will never be announced. So you go to some churches. All they do is raise prayers for themselves. For once, I take once and let me do something for you right now. When I pray, when I clap my hands and I pray, so my bomb is the vampire. All my enemies. Die. You will never influence the world. You will never influence the world. But the other churches, when you go, they'll tell you, lift up a prayer. Let's pray for Egypt. Uh-huh. They, they listen to news to pick up what is being is happening and pray. They are the world changes. You change, you change things spiritually, then physically God gives you the opportunity to, to be a major player in changing things around. Work for the Lord. Tell anybody, work for the Lord. Do what he wants you to do. So there are rewards, right? How many of you want to be a pillar in this temple with his name written on you? Charlie. It's in what you are doing today. It's in what you are doing today. Bring someone to church. Invite someone to church. As you are inviting a person, you are saving a whole nation. You don't know. Each of us represents a nation. Yeah. Yeah. If our great-grandfathers knew the kind of people who come out of them, they would have lived their lives differently. They didn't know. Because you see, this physical eyes stops you from seeing what is beyond. You only see with this your eye. You will never be a generational thinker. But when you begin to see with the eyes of the Spirit, you will see and start thinking about generations unborn. Why did some of, some of our great-grandfathers mess up? They messed up because they thought only about themselves. About what they, they would get. They never thought of heaping gold for you to come and benefit. No. They never did. Otaba was mentioning concerning how he bought the lands at uh, where his school is. So when he met them, he met the people, he told them, let me, let me give you 50% or 70% of the money you are asking for. The 30% that you'd have asked for, or the 40% you'd have asked for, let's use it as a fund for all your children. So that every year we can, um, we can have about 10 to 20 of your children coming to the university. The people said no. We want all the money now. Let's chop all the money. We want it now. He said it over and over. They didn't mind him. So he gave them, he gave them all the money. Today, their children are uneducated. They never, they don't think about it. They can't see ahead. They can't. 
It's impossible. It's a curse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So see beyond what you are seeing today. Life is not just about what we are, what we are, what is around us now. There's more. There's more ahead. There's more ahead. There's more ahead. There's a world to come. There is. There's a heaven to go to. Okay. How will you be over there? Will your house be built? Or your house will be in ruins? The last point. Working for the Lord makes you a star in heaven forever and ever. It makes you a star in heaven forever and ever. So the last two are heavenly oriented. It makes you a star. Ask anybody, do you want to be a star? It makes you a star in heaven forever and ever. Go to Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you there? All right. Read it to me. One, two, go. Continue. And many of them that sleep. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Did you see it? Go to verse 2 to verse 3. Verse 2. And many of them that sleep or that are dead in the dust of the earth shall awake. There's a day coming when resurrection shall take place. There's resurrection, if you like it or not. Jesus resurrected. We will resurrect. All those who will die will resurrect. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life. So some shall, shall resurrect to everlasting life. And it says, and some to everlasting, to shame and everlasting contempt. Some shall rise up from the dead to everlasting shame and to everlasting contempt. Everlasting shame, everlasting contempt. If you read in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, it says, and I saw a great white throne. Go to Revelation 20, 12. And I saw the dead. Go, go, to, go to verse 11, so that we see it well. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. You remember I mentioned this thing. It's talking about God. It says God sat down and the heavens and the earth fled away from him. And there was found no place for them. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books, according to their works. They were judged according to their works. Now, in this place, Christians are not here. It's all those, this is everlasting shame and contempt. Those who resurrect to everlasting, everybody resurrects. Some will resurrect to everlasting life, others will resurrect to everlasting shame and contempt. All those who did not give their lives to Christ and do what God wanted them to do, will be, will, they will rise up and they will be judged according to their works. They will check their works, whether it matches what Jesus did. Jesus' works are the standard. Who gave his life for his friend? Nobody did. Continue. Go to verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and, the death, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the final destination of all those who don't do anything for the Lord or who don't give their lives to the Lord. 
First of all, those who don't give their lives to the Lord. Those who don't, if you give your life to the Lord and you don't work for him, you are not part of this place. You resurrect unto life. But even the life, there are levels. There are levels. Tell anybody there are levels. I want to show you a scripture in Romans. Romans chapter 2. Oh. Let's read from. Romans chapter 2. Let's read from. Verse 3. What I want to say is in verse 7 and 8. But let's read from verse 3. So it makes more sense for you. Okay. I will understand if I read it from verse 7. But you may not understand. So let me read from verse 3. It says, Or thinkest thou, O man, that that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? So there's the judgment of God. Continue. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness, and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. All those who are doing foolish things and are not dying. Sometimes it's like the righteous die early. I realize some good man, everything is fine. But he, he dies. But the one who is evil doing all kinds of foolish things is still living. God is giving him a long rope to change. For the righteous man, when he dies, it is good for him. Paul said to depart, it is, is better than to abide with you. But I'll abide and stay in the flesh because of you. So that I can teach you. Says to be, I desire to be with the Lord. Well, it is far better. Because we know what we'll get. When a Christian dies, it's not time to cry. No. It's a blessing. He has gone to be with the Lord. <laughs> There's a place like that. Continue. Verse 5. But after thy hardness and impenitent hath treasure up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness, the righteous judgment of God. This is, there's a day coming. This is your impenitent heart. Those people who are, they won't change. Shut up, boys. Doing evil continuously and they are still living. This is, there's a day coming for them. Continue. Verse 6. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? God will render to every man according to his deeds, according to their works. Next verse, verse 7. To them who by patient continuance and in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he says they shall have eternal life. All those who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, they shall get eternal life. That is you and I. Look at the next verse, verse 8. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, it says indignation and wrath will be for them. Continue. Verse 9. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Of the, of the Gentile. This is what will happen to them. So there are those who resurrect to everlasting shame. And what? Contempt. Contempt. Then there are those who also rise to life eternal. Life eternal. It says, and out of those who rise to life eternal, those who turn many to righteousness, those people shall shine as stars forever. Go back to that place, Daniel chapter 12, verse verse 3. They shall shine as stars, and they that be wise shall shine as the righteousness. You remember? Who are those that are wise? He that doing their soul is wise, isn't it? Yeah. it? says, but they, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they, they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. That's you and I. Hallelujah. Now, there are differences in glory of the stars. Yeah. Depending on what you did for the Lord, yeah. your glory can be intense like the sun, or like the moon, or like the stars. 
even the stars, there are differences in glory. First Corinthians chapter 15. Let me show it to you. Last scripture. If I quote any other scripture, come and counsel me. I will ask them. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 39. All flesh is not the same. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies. Celestial bodies are bodies in the heavens. And bodies terrestrial, bodies that are on the ground, terrestrial, earthly related. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. The heavenly bodies are different. They are very different from those that are down here, isn't it? Yeah. Continue. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. Have you seen it? Go to the next verse. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in corruption. Have you seen it? Yeah. So just as you have the differences in the uh, uh, celestial bodies, the suns, the moon takes its light from the sun, isn't it? There are stars that burn on their own to produce light. Others also reflect from the sun. There are stars that are very dim. They They are black stars. They don't shine much. But there are stars that shine in their intensity. So on that day we shall all resurrect unto life eternal. Those who work for the Lord shall shine as stars. And ten minutes to righteousness shall shine as stars. And those who really did what they were supposed to do shall have the intensity of the sun, the intensity of the moon, or another star. I don't know which one you want. Sally, all day long you must work for the Lord. In prayer, in fasting. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.